right, glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show, write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to join us. Um, I got a lot of different packs in front of me that we're going to get to. Let me say this. The governor of the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo, will be on the program today. Um, New York now, the state of New York, has 40% of all U.S. coronavirus cases and unlike other people like, you know, quid pro quo, Dr. Joe, who just can't stop himself from politicizing this like the mob and the media um, is actually working great with the president. And and you know what? It's helping a lot of people. And it's all hands on deck, as you know, as he said, nobody's nobody saw this ever becoming what we now see it becoming. Everybody's adapting. Everybody's adjusting. And we just watched the Biden campaign trying to raise money. And saying one false thing about Donald Trump after another that gets debunked one after another. Um, if I had time, I have a axe to grind with the mob and the media. We we had to create a timeline and put it on Hannity.com because of their lies about me. But that's who they are. That's what they do. I've got, well, let me start with some good news if I can. Um, and, well, maybe I should start with the numbers. And And one other thing, all these people talking about, oh, the coronavirus. And if you say Wuhan. Uh, it's it's horrible. It's racist. OK, West Nile virus. Let's get this out of the way. Named after West Nile District of Uganda. In other words, where it came from. Uh, we have one named after the uh, let's see. For example, there's one called Guinea worm. That's off the coast of West Africa. That was in the 1600s. Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Remember that? Uh, OK, you have that. And um all of these different diseases come and they have names. Limes, you may not even realize this. You know, it was named after a large outbreak of the disease in Lyme and Old Lyme in Connecticut. That's why it's called that. Um, you know, you have, uh, you know, I could just keep going on. Uh, Maris, for example, uh, that's from the location in Central Africa. Uh, then you have Marburg virus disease. Well, that was named after Marburg, Germany in 1967. Heck, I guess you could say German measles in that case and go on from there. Or the Spanish flu or Japanese encephalitis. So, I mean, it just is, you know, and, and then you can always count on the media mob. Jimmy Kimmel calls Trump a racist. He does a home video. Just useless. Absolutely useless to everybody. Um, but anyway, it's um, it is what it is. And frankly, the Chinese have done the world no favors here because they purposely lied and they misrepresented what the truth was going on on the ground. And it hurt the entire world when we could have nipped this in a bud. This new study out of Great Britain, we could have gotten 95 percent reduction right from the get go and mitigated all of this had, in fact, uh, China not try to cover up what was going on there, but invite the world community and scientists. I had Mike Pompeo on TV this week say, yeah, of course, we'd help Iran today for crying out loud because it's good for the world not to have a spread of a virus like this. So anyway, um, we, we can get into all of that later, but um, we also have our medical aid team is going to come in. We're going to look at uh, how people are perceiving the mobilization efforts I got to tell you a couple of things. There's, there's one good thing that I, I want to start with some good news. And there's no good news in the sense that, all right, we we'll all have to deal with this. Our lives are upended temporarily. It's never fun. Uh, totally get it. I'm, I have friends of mine in the restaurant business. I'm talking to them every day. And I am trying to, I'm even buying like extra food from restaurants just to try and help my, my friends in the business out. 
um, because you can have either drive up and pick up service or they're delivering now more than ever. Uh, oh, I got to give a shout out. Oh, did you see Uber Eats is taking away any percentage they get? I mean, it's amazing. Um, so that people can have food delivered to their house safely. We're, we're going to learn a lot from all this. What is really come, coming into coming to be very clear to me is this is now we're in the major midst of a major shift in dealing with pandemics and all the rules are being rewritten all of them travel bans i don't think there's any doubt that saved tens of thousands of americans from getting this disease 10 days after the first known coronavirus case january 21st january 31st travel ban quarantine that that will be the norm whether joe biden wants to call it xenophobic and hysterical and fear-mongering it was the right thing to do and thank god it was done at the time uh drive up testing wow that takes a lot of the heat off of the hospital system that's going to be the norm moving forward a new paradigm public private partnerships yeah that is going to be the norm moving forward uh, lifting FDA rules, that will be the norm moving forward. And as I watch all of these things unfolding before our eyes here, and I, I look at uh, our medical researchers and our scientists and our doctors and our nurses and our medical support teams and our military and, and some governors that I don't even like or agree with and other leaders, real leaders, and what they're doing, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, very cool, because this is the best of America. When I see Walmart and Walgreens and Target and LabCorp and Quest and them stepping up and the, and the evil pharmaceutical industries, how often have I said, I never understood the demonization of Walmart. I don't understand the demonization of pharmaceutical companies either. I don't understand it. Now look at what these companies have done. I hope we remember these things, because they're doing it for the country. When the auto industry said to the president, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, that, hey, if you, you need more ventilators, we'll, we'll open up our plants and make them for you. We'll do whatever you want. We could turn it around one, two, three. It's amazing. You see, you know, stories, small stories of American people that they're going out, they have an elderly neighbor that shouldn't leave the house. They're calling them up and saying, hey, can I get you some groceries? What do you need? And sometimes they got to go to two, three, four places to get it done, but they're getting it done. The president got on the phone with the nation's grocers this week to make sure that the shelves are going to be filled and America's grocers are, st are stepping up. We do have to help the trucking industry because they're our lifeline to all of our supplies. And these guys can't even stop at a truck stop in some places that I am told that is being rectified. Um, and it's like all hands on deck, neighbor helping neighbor and people helping each other out. And I'm telling you, we're going to get through this. Uh, the biggest, the other big thing that I think is now emerged, we have never scientifically broken down the sequence of a virus. It used to take years. We did it in a month, month and a half. Well, that we now have the first, um, first test going on for vaccine, first trial, first trial is what they call it. Now, the president's announcement yesterday about, I, I don't know about any of you, I had never heard of chloroquine an anti-malaria drug, drug till yesterday. Now I know more about chloroquine than I thought I'd ever know in my life. And by the way, pay attention to this. Anything that I am discovering, I will share with you as soon as I know it. And I went through it. Well, I actually talked about it the day before is when I was reading, but then when the president announced it, now I'm really digging into it. So I've only known, I've never heard of chloroquine before these two days. And now I know about it. Now I've read about it. And also doctors are telling me that if you have chloroquine with Zithromax, 
the results are amazing. Then we have convalescent plasma, which is what they've discovered is, is somebody that had corona and they build antibodies to corona. And then you take the blood plasma out after they have gotten better. And that's an important number. And they're showing people that are in really bad shape, showing drastic turnarounds in 24 hours. That's huge. That's what our, that's how great our medical researchers are. Then you have uh, remdesivir, an RNA inhibitor, um, was used for Ebola and SARS. Great promise there. On the good news front, in terms of progress we are making, Congressman Mark Green said there are three international studies, China, Australia, France, all of them showing that chloroquine with erythromycin is 100% effective in treating corona in as little as six days. Now, okay, she, uh, now I was watching this on Shannon Bream's show last night. The old, reliable malaria drug, chloroquine. Now, you're thinking, okay, we're going to run out of chloroquine. Well, I have more good news. Two companies now are ramping up production of chloroquine. I think we probably have enough Zithromax. If not, they'll increase the supplies for that, too. And after the president's comments about it, uh, it and, and I had just been getting wind of this, that there was going to be some FDA changing the FDA rules. That's huge, too. That's a new paradigm. Anyway, so we have two facilities, pharmaceutical uh, companies, Mylan. They've restarted their production of, of hydroxychloroquine uh, sulfate tablets. They also make it intravenously, and it seems to work even faster. Um, that's how much I'm reading in, in terms of literature. And uh, that's in West Virginia. They expect to be in a position to start supplying tablets by mid-April, produce 50 million of them. Uh, Teva Pharmaceutical Industries, they're now going to produce... Uh, additional uh, chloroquine sulfate tablets after the announcement. They donated 6 million tablets to hospitals all across the country. How amazing are they? Thank you. What amazing people. That's the best of America right there. Walmart, they've announced plans to hire 150,000 new workers. This was in the New York Post. They said that it would hire 150,000 hourly workers in the U.S., citing a jump in shoppers because of what's going on. Now, Amazon.com, not exactly the biggest fan of who's the guy that owns Amazon, Bezos, you know, whatever. Good for him. Anyway, they're going to they announced they're going to hire 100,000 warehouse and delivery work uh, uh, drivers in the U.S. That's awesome. I think that's great news. Even Congress. And I'm really pissed off at a few co people. And I'm going to be very honest. I, I, I my it's my I want to burst a blood vessel over. These people, I want answers. We have calls into Senator Burr's office, Kelly Loeffler's office, Diane Feinstein's office, and James Inhofe's office about them selling their stocks after they had learned uh, privately behind closed doors that this uh, this might be coming, this might happen, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, you people kidding me? I mean, Diane Feinstein, really? She's selling up to a million dollars a stock, her husband up to $5 million, Inhofe, 400000 Um, I'm looking at that. I mean, maybe there's good answers. I don't know. I don't want to jump on the, but it doesn't look like it. You know, Inhofe, I guess, 150 in shares of Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, which lost two-thirds of its value. I mean, people are just so stupid and so selfish. I mean, if they did that, I don't even have words to describe it. And by the way, half the media mob, just despicable. Joe Biden, I mean, I got a list of crap that this idiot's been saying and doing. Is one lie after another. We'll link this to our website, The American Spectator. 
You know, he's getting 50. They're, they're running. They're trying to raise money off Corona. You have super PACs running ads against Corona, you know, distorting the president's point of view by falsely editing uh, Donald Trump's words. Even the Washington Post gave him four Pinocchios for that. You know, all the things that he's been saying that that the Trump administration betrayed the public and the World Health Organization offered testing kits. No, fake news. That wasn't true. Wasn't true at all. And then, you know, before the debate, Biden, another false claim, the administration had is now debunked cutting our investment in global health. They were woefully unprepared. Yeah, no, the that's not true either, um, because what it turns out is there were no funding cuts to the NIH or CDC. There were increases. Why don't you just tell the truth? Um, you know, the Biden goes on attacking the president day in and day out. You can see the guy is out there hanging out there every day. And he's trying to change every rule that has ever been written. And there are people, I, I never thought I'd say these words. Gavin Newsom is working with the president. And they work well together. Governor Cuomo, same thing. And good for all of them. Right now, it's about the health and the safety and security of the American people. We can go back to the election when this is all done. And we can go back to, you know, beating up Hannity and beating up the mob. I, I mean, they're despicable. And uh, the bludgeoning of Trump. Anyway, we put a timeline of the things I said just to correct the record. If I, if I had time, I would get into more detail, but it's not the time. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Let me give you some numbers, and I will urge you to just take it for what it's worth and expect that the numbers are going to go up exponentially in the next few weeks. And then the hope is the plateau and then the decline, which we've seen in South Korea and, and China and Japan and other countries. Um, 267,920 cases worldwide. Uh, as of now, worldwide, 11,187 deaths. Uh, the percentage of those contracting and fully recovered are about one in three. Most are in the process of recovering active, but not fully recovered yet. Uh, but again, you know, it wasn't really until, I guess, late last week that we saw that one video that it is now we are learning it can impact younger people. Uh, and the CDC put out yesterday that it could impact younger people. So that's, this is not just what they originally told us, which was it's only impacting old people. Now, if you're in an elderly home or a nursing home, that's the worst place. You know, that's where it's most active and that's where the most amount of deaths are occurring. Um, but I'm sure that you know, the one thing that we're seeing, though, this is where, you know, we have to give props to all these medical professionals. The chloroquine, especially when that is accompanied by erythromycin and and convalescent plasma and these other things, they're showing amazing progress. I'll explain when we get back. Quick break. All right. Twenty five now to the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. So I've given you the latest numbers, which is uh, worldwide. Two hundred and sixty seven thousand nine hundred twenty eleven thousand one hundred and eighty seven deaths. Uh, a full third fully recovered. Expected that the vast overwhelming majority will recover. Uh, and I, I just there has to be some perspective with these numbers because numbers are scary. And if you're just looking, oh, my gosh, we went up X percent today. Well, more testing is happening. That's the whole idea of this 15 day period. Um, and when you look at, for example, there were, go back to 2009 and 10 H1N1, we had 60.8 million Americans that contracted that. That was a worldwide pandemic. Uh, we had in a year, 12,000 and what do we have? 467 or 69 Americans die. 
hundreds of Americans were hospitalized as a result. And so what even you're seeing in, in China, South Korea, is this dramatic increase and a precipitous drop off. The big reason that Italy and Europe has had a bigger problem is they had direct flights from Wuhan province into Italy direct. And apparently there's like 100,000 people that go back and forth in the textile industry and the uh, correlating uh, industries associated with this. So that that is part of the reason they have had the greater struggle here. Obviously, you know, we're looking at this in the United States and this is what makes this travel ban so key. This is what we're not overloading the hospital systems thanks to the public-private partnership and the and now we're beginning to put out drive-up testing. I think that's important. Uh, the FDA rule changes, that is important. And I think as we go further, we can see that all these you know, American companies are just rising to the occasion in ways we've never seen before. Uh, again, the chloroquine, I first, I, I was getting words from some of my sources, FDA looking into different things. And then I, I Googled it and I found chloroquine two days ago. And I, I read it on air with this, this one study in consultation with Stanford Medical School, et cetera. And I'm like, wow. But we're now seeing, and this is Congressman Mark Green, He's pointing out, but again, this is preliminary, but it certainly is the hope that I think Americans should have, rightly so, international studies, China, Australia, France, that chloroquine with azithromycin is 100% effective in treating corona. And especially if it's not even in pill form, but if it is an, an IV, it's even working better. Then, of course, I've been discussing in great detail after yesterday, the convalescent plasma, those that get corona and they get well and you take their blood plasma and it has the antibodies for corona, and those that are even very sick, the early signs are that once they get an IV, that dramatic shifts and changes uh, are helping those that are even the sickest. On the economic side, we have all these companies now saying that in the pharmaceutical industry, hey, we're, we're upping our production of, of chloroquine. You're gonna, it's a name you're going to be familiar with, so get used to it. Uh, we have Amazon.com, Walmart, uh, and other companies now announcing they're going to be hiring hundreds of thousands of people. How cool is that? That's awesome. Dr. Fauci, remember, it took years to get the, the virus sequences in the past. Well, we already have within months a coronavirus trial has begun in the U.S. That is a really positive update for everybody. And they have uh, volunteers in the experimental test program. That's that's an update as well. I know there's been shortages of Purell. We now know distilleries around America, <clears throat> but Purell has to be, for it to work, 60% alcohol. Now we have distilleries. They're now making their own hand sanitizers and giving it away for free. That's how great Americans are. Unbelievable. Johns Hopkins researchers saying that the antibodies that are recovered, this is an update to the plasma issue that I've been telling you about, but uh, the vaccine being tested in Seattle isn't the only potential treatment. Johns Hopkins is has been reviving a century-old blood-derived treatment for use in the U.S. in the hopes of, of st slowing the spread and helping to get people well, and that's using the antibodies from the blood plasma or the serum of people that have recovered. That is now uh, happening. South Korea's outbreak has finally turned the corner and abating, according to news reports that I read earlier today, and Reuters among them. Uh, that the new infections, the recovery cases, new infections on, uh, hang, let me read it. South Korea recorded more COVID-19 recovery cases on March 6th. 
than new infections for the first time since it began. And that has been now happening on a more dramatic scale. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about China. I'm so angry with them. Australian researchers are testing two other drugs as potential cures for the virus. All good news. University of Queensland Center Clinical Research, they found two different medications, both of which are registered and available in Australia. Um, And apparently in their early studies have completely wiped out traces of the disease in test tubes. Uh, Now they're going to begin, I think, the process of human trials in that case. Uh, You want to know about another great American business? What about Uber Eats? When did I first ask you to download on my phone Uber Eats, Linda, what, like two months ago? I'm so stupid and behind the curve. Anyway, and I've only used it like once or twice, but they're now supporting the restaurant industry by waiving all delivery fees for 100,000 restaurants. Pretty awesome. Uh, We have Dutch and Canadian researchers reporting additional breakthrough research. Um, And this is why we call it facts without fear. We're trying to give you information that is helpful and to keep it in perspective. I mean... When you have pandemic, when you have tens of thousands of Americans that die from the flu every year, is do we like that? Of course not. And when you when you have information that gives some perspective, that's important too, so that people understand. Okay, we lost up to five hundred and seventy-five thousand people in the last pandemic. Other pandemics, we've lost a lot more. And then you see all of this good that is now coming to fruition. And, and frankly, I think we're, re, we're rewriting the entire books on pandemics going forward. Right now, you're watching history unfold. Um, the president is not going to order a nationwide corona shutdown. I know there's been a lot of stuff on the Internet about this. Uh, president also praising uh, governors in Washington State, California, New York, and Florida, the Midwest, that... Um, and and places that are having more of a breakout places that are not. And he said, he's not considering a national lockdown. Okay. Take it from him and not some dope, you know, keyboard warrior in his underwear trying to fuel fear. Anthony Fauci said that as it relates to California, governor Newsom made some very important, difficult decisions for him. And governor Cuomo did today. And he'll join us at the top of the next hour for New York. 40% of the cases are in this state where I am right now. Uh, All all the masks have been ordered. All the ventilators are are now getting in place. The Navy hospital ships are now one to the East Coast, one going to the West Coast. Um, I don't think Medicare for All is acting particularly well. Now, there's a lot of questions out there. For example, what do we do if you think you were exposed to the virus? Um, There's different points of view on that. Uh, I saw and read in one particular place, according to a Dr. Yun, as emergency physician, Mass General in Boston, Massachusetts General, um, it could take as long as 14 days for the symptoms to emerge. In other words, if you think you were exposed, you've really got to pay close attention. But even if you got the test early on, it it might not be the accurate test. You got to go through the 14 day period before you would know for sure. If whether you have it, because if all of a sudden, say, you get it on day two of the test after you think you might have been exposed, you're going to have to get it again 14 days later. I've talked to people that have had the test. They said it is brutal. They take a swab. They shove it deep into your nose, takes a hard right turn to your eye socket, and it hurts. Uh, I talked to one guy. said, man, I was tearing up. It was so hard to get. Just, you know, just giving you facts without fear. It's not the worst thing in our life. 
Uh, I should tell the story about what Dr. Coburn did to me that one day, Linda. I don't think people would like that. Yeah, there's no fear there. That was lovely what you just described. Oh, oh no, no. There's no fear there. No, you know the one I'm talking about. 13 needles. 13. Gross. And he goes, no, no, no. It's, he goes, that's dye. That's not blood. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know why some people are ignoring social distancing advice and not listening to the task force. I don't even know what to say about them. There's an interesting AP story about quarantine shaming. Uh, you know, I'm just telling you for the, for the interest, if you're young and healthy, and even though now we're discovering for the first time that, yeah, young people can now get this. We did not know that up until this British guy comes out and says, uh, we're not paying attention to this. Look here. And now the CDC has confirmed it this week. You should pay attention to it. But if nothing else, why don't you do it for grandma and grandpa that might be sick, underlying conditions or compromised immune systems, do it for them. Um, Anyway, all overseas travel is obviously stopped. Uh, I'll let the psychiatrist deal with, you know, people that emotionally are very distraught, fearing the virus more than anything else. Um, You know, I just I live a life that is, you know, honestly, I just you cannot live your life in fear, but live your life smartly. Make smart decisions. Be strategic. Listen, you know, if you wear gloves and a mask, Guess what? If you put if you touch your nose, you might remind yourself, yeah, I don't like the feel of that glove. Stuff like that. Just smart things that you can do. Fear is not going to help you. Realistic, strategic listening, being smart. That's going to help you. Um, I'm hearing that truckers are going to get the help that they need. That is critical because they are our first responders and all of our groceries and all of our medicines come via truck. Uh, I got to give a tip of the hat to the grocers around the country because they have all gotten on board. They've been talking to the president and they are they're moving heaven and earth to keep the shelves filled. That's all good news um, for those. Now, I know for a lot of you and I'm talking about some of my best friends in this life that, OK, restaurants are closed. Now, I've mentioned some of my favorite restaurants and my favorite pizza place, Mario's and everything in between and my favorite Chinese place. Um Now, here's the thing. A lot of these stores are offering service where you can drive up, pick it up and get out and use it. They have or they're setting up delivery services for the first time. If you have a favorite restaurant, they may not have the ability to contact you. Contact them. Say, hey, do you guys uh, are you doing pickup? Are you doing delivery? And does that take care or mitigate all of their losses? No, but it can keep their doors open and keep people working in the interim. If you normally would do that as far as like those people that are just Jackasses, I can't really help with them right now. You know, these 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 senators have a lot to answer for. You know, why did you sell all your stock when you come out of these corona meetings? Uh, I'm sorry, doesn't look good. And I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. I just don't. Because that's just not the right decision. One thing we'll promise on this program is we're going to give you all of the information and let you decide. Now, look, a majority of small business owners are saying corona's going to disrupt their business this is what we've got to remember as a country too we you know my my father grew up in the depression his mom died after as a result of complications from his childbirth his parents were dirt poor you know he was sent home to home went to fight world war ii uh we've been through depressions and world wars we beat back fascism communism uh nazism imperial japan radical islamists since 9 11 
You know, we've beaten back pandemics before. We've beaten back illnesses before. We've, you know, a lot of these illnesses from Ebola to SARS to MERS and all in between and H1N1, it's never fun. What I like in the sense that is happening here is in many ways, now we're going to deal with this all differently moving forward. And it's going to save lives down the road. Countless, millions probably. So business owners, though, they've got to get the help. Washington has got to focus like a laser beam and go through a list of every industry that is being impacted by this, how they're going to help keep these businesses afloat. Every hourly worker, you know, we don't need to give them a pittance. They need to be able to pay their mortgage, pay their rent, pay their car payment, and and tell their sons and daughters, we have the money for college that we put aside for you. That is, if we if we rebuild Europe, we can certainly do that. If we save the world from evil, we can certainly do that. Um, that is, you know, that's good use of government if they can get their act together and do it the right way. The second thing is that we've got to help small business owners. That's why I'm urging you, call your local restaurant, your favorite pizza place, your favorite Chinese place, your favorite whatever place, and say, hey, you're open. If they're open, maybe go pick it up. If they deliver, say, hey, would you deliver it? If the waiter that you are familiar with comes to your house, you might want to consider tipping the person. Um, California, I know, has been dealing with some specific challenges. Uh, we're watching what's going out there uh, very, very closely. Um, uh, I don't know what to say about those people that you can help. Uh, they just they never are going to listen, which is just unbelievable to me. Uh, as far as the long-term prospects for the economy, um, oh, by the way, one mistake. Somebody tell Netflix not to slow down because Netflix is a lifeline. They said they didn't want the Internet they don't want streaming to, to slow down as a result. I think people need it. Um, there, there's MSDNC, John Heileman, just a jackass. Nakedly racist Trump. Or whatever. I mean, it's like Chinese, you know, communist Chinese propaganda, and they deserve a lot of blame in this whole thing. But the bottom line is simple. We have amazing Americans all stepping up, doing amazing things scientifically, medically, on the corporate level. Uh, in every way, shape, matter, or form, you can hear, you know, what's the president and his task force every day. Just listen to them. And you decide for yourself if they have all hands on deck. And you decide for yourself if this is a whole new paradigm shift. And and you'll make the ultimate decision on that. You'll be the ultimate jury in 228 days as it relates to an election. How many more beds can we get in those hospitals? And we're working on that aggressively. At the same time, identifying new hospital beds. Uh, the Army Corps of Engineers was with us yesterday. Uh, we had a very good meeting. We we're looking at sites across the state to find existing facilities that could expeditiously be turned into health care facilities. Uh, and again, when I said the federal response is very welcome, I want to thank the president. He said that he would bring the Army Corps of Engineers here. They came here the next day. I spoke to him last night to follow up on the meeting. So this is going forward uh, aggressively. Uh, his team has been on it. I know a team when they're on it, and I know a team when they're not on it. His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning, uh, and they've... Uh, thus far been doing everything that they can do and i want to say thank you and i want to say that i appreciate it and they will have nothing but cooperation and partnership uh from the state of new york and uh we're not democrats and we're not republicans 
We are Americans at the end of the day. That's who we are. And that's who we are when we are at our best. In New York, cases are doubling every day. They fear that supplies are going to run out in a matter of weeks. Yesterday, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio called on you to mobilize the military to deliver urgent supplies. Yesterday, he said, quote, the fate of New York City rests in the hands of one man. He is a New Yorker, and right now he is betraying the city he comes from. Um, I've personally spoken to emergency department nurses who say that they've been told not to wear N95 masks because supplies are so low. So how do you respond to those remarks by Mayor de Blasio? Well, and I just think this. I'm, I'm, looking to I'm not dealing, supplies yeah, arrive. I'm not dealing with them. I'm dealing with the governor. And the governor agrees with me, and I agree with him. So far, we've been very much in sync. I, I guess they're not agreeing with each other necessarily. But uh, the relationship with New York, I love New York. I grew up in New York, as you probably have heard. And uh, the relationship's been very good. And uh, I think uh, government and the governor have been getting along incredibly well with the federal government. All right. New York State now has 40 percent of uh, coronavirus cases. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, uh, signing an executive order announcing today 100 percent of New York's workforce must stay home, including essential, uh, excluding essential services, and that would exclude pharmacies and grocery stores uh, and, and restaurant delivery services and so on and so forth. The governor calling it the most drastic action that we can take uh, and that I believe these policies will save lives. I believe they will, too. Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo, the great state of New York, how are you, sir? Uh, tired. <laughs> I believe it. Now, well, let me, yeah. let me, let me compliment you. Normally, if you are on the show, we'd be arguing about taxes and fracking. We're not. What you just said there, I've been saying this virus, it doesn't discriminate, doesn't care who it attacks. And it's one of those moments where it's got to be all hands on deck. The president has said good things about you. You've been saying good things about him. And right now, until we get past this, we don't have any time for this, this, you know, this bickering nonsense to go on. We got to save American lives, right? Yeah, 100%, Sean. You know, it reminds me of a family, and you can be arguing with your siblings about, you know, who went to whose party and who did the right thing and the wrong thing. And then something happens in the family that's real. Uh, God forbid somebody gets sick. And all the baloney just uh, drips away. Yeah, we could argue about uh, fracking or taxes or whatever you want to argue about. But uh, this is this is a fundamental problem that is unifying. There's no time for playing politics. This is all hands on deck. We have to save lives. The nation is at war, different type of war, but it is a war. And uh, we're all in government public service uh, to help people. And that is the common unifying theme, and it's going to take us all, uh, and nothing else matters. It's not like we are avoiding, it's just nothing else matters now. What is different about this? This country, we've had pandemics before. You know, we had H1N1, the world lost nearly 575,000 people. Um, We've never seen anything quite like this. Uh, I believe it's going to be we're going to have a big paradigm shift when this is all said and done. And there are things emerging. And and I give you credit in the state of New York and I give the president credit. I mean, the first case in the United States was January 21st. We had a travel ban from China on January 31st, 10 days later. To me, nobody wants to give the president credit for that. I do. I like the drive up testing idea. I like public private partnerships, all these 
all these, you know, pharmacies and big box stores and pharmaceutical companies helping. FDA rules are being put aside. But it's different this time. Why? I'm not sure why. You're right. I was there for H1N1. I was there for Ebola, which, by the way, is yeah, a much that was scary virus. Yeah. Uh, Governor Chris Christie was uh, in New Jersey at the time. I was working uh, with him with the Ebola virus. We had a person who we quarantined right at the airport. We took a beating, but uh, that was really deadly. I think part of it, there is a fear component here, Sean, that I don't know, uh, that in many ways started and is more contagious than the virus itself. People are truly uh, frightened, anxious, they can't get the right information. Uh, and there's something about isolating people. You're quarantined. You can't touch anyone else. You can't get near anyone else. It's also psychologically really difficult to deal with. You're in your house alone, uh, or you're in your house with your family, you know, and then the kids, and you're locked up, and you can't move, and you're limited. Uh, it's it's psychologically difficult, it's frightening, and then the medical consequences, the information seems to change all the time. You know, first it was a bad flu, now it's young people can get it, uh, then it was just old people, but then there are some uh, other people who are dying. So I think you put all of that together in this politically charged atmosphere, and it's fire through dry grass. Well, there are adults emerging, though. And I, I would say the president and you, I mean, are two adults. You know, you said something in your press conference, and you just mentioned it. And to me, this is crucial. We were told originally that only if you had underlying conditions, only if you had a compromised immune system, were you at risk of dying. Now I'm looking at 20% of hospitalizations are people 21 to 45. When did you first hear that? Because I only, I only got wind of it like last week from a doctor in Great Britain and then I saw the CDC numbers this week. That was not the case before. Yeah. It, yeah. And this is why the nuance starts to get confusing. The mortality rate, the lethality, is overwhelmingly seniors' compromised immune system underlying illness. That is true. Uh, different fact, younger people can get sick with it, and most self-resolve, but many need hospitalization for a period of time. And that was the 20% uh, that we talked about. But now you get that one case where you do have a 40-year-old who, who's the anomaly but passes away. And in this age, social media, etc., well, now you have young people dying, right? So it's, it's a function of uh, the, we, didn't, we never got all the facts and all the nuance out at one time. It evolved, uh, yeah. right? Yes, it did. And it's still evolving, right? The information still yeah, seems I agree. to be evolving. I, f I, I almost feel like as I'm watching, you know, some comments early on about the travel ban, I, I think we're rewriting books as we speak in terms of, okay, travel ban will be the norm. Drive-up testing will be the norm. Public-private par partnerships will be the norm. Uh, FDA rules shifting will be the norm. States uh, and the federal government now will work in cooperation. I was very happy to see that the president responded with this Navy ship uh, hospital that is going to be available. New York has 40 percent of the cases now. Yes, I think we're rewriting the book. We're rewriting the book on governmental operations. 
I don't know that we're not rewriting the book on uh, the psychology and the culture of the nation. That's what I'm wondering about. What is the psychological impact of all of this going to be? Uh, how, how safe are people ever going to feel again? You know, uh, And it's going to be a transformative situation for the country. There's no doubt. Look, uh, you and I, 9-11 was transformative, yeah. right? It was horrible. You never forgot it. You never forgot never. it. It just left you with almost like a PTSD. Uh, you hear a, a see, uh, hear a bang and you see smoke and boy, you go right back there in a second. You drive into downtown Manhattan to this day and you can feel it in your chest, right? You, you just tingle. Uh, it trans- yeah, it transformed us. We were, we were vulnerable. Uh, one moment could change your life. Uh, one moment, mom and dad don't come home from work that day, right? For a whole young generation. I, I lost dear friends, people I grew up with. Yeah, Horrible. me too. Me too. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. I, you know, I love Americans. I mean, when you see all these companies, like I don't know if you noticed, the auto companies are stepping up. They said they said to the president, "Oh, you need more ventilators. We'll, we can build them for you." Uh, you see the pharmaceutical industry, you see the big box stores, you see Quest, you see LabCorp. Two days ago is when I first learned about chloroquine. This is the malaria drug. Um, I'm being told, and this is actually very, very interesting. Congressman Mark Green actually said at first that we have three studies that find chloroquine with azithromycin is dramatically impacting things. The other one that I'm really putting a lot of hope and promise in is uh, convalescent plasma where somebody that had corona, they recovered from corona, they have the antibodies for corona, then that plasma is then taken out of uh, and donated by that person and then used for very sick people and through an IV, they're seeing phenomenal results. Another one is uh, remdesivir, an RNA inhibitor used for Ebola and SARS. Um, As you look at this information, what is your take on it? Uh, well, uh, the president called me uh, just before. I saw the president's press conference this morning uh, also. He just called me uh, before I got on with you uh, on the uh, chloroquine. And I said, look, is, I, will, I will try it immediately. I agree. Uh, I have people who are in uh, very bad shape. Let's try it. Uh, it's a drug that's been around. We know that uh, the side effects are limited. And uh, I'm with the president on the expression, you know, what do you have to lose? And at one point, what do you have to lose? Uh, So I said, as soon as we can get it, we'll try it. The antibodies, I think uh, we're working on a test here in New York to try to find the antibodies, not just to uh, bolster the immune system. But I want to I believe, Sean, that this disease was here sooner. Many more people had it self-resolved. And that's, that's what the antibodies will show also, right? Because if you test someone and they have the antibodies, it means they had the virus. I think that can even slow down the panic. If we can say, look, we just were testing people, and it turns out Andrew Cuomo had it, didn't even know he had mm-hmm. it. He just thought he had the flu. Uh, I think that would be helpful because I'll tell you, uh, you know, I'm in New York, and it's a, a different uh, tempo and rhythm, but – the panic and the fear. I'm glad you're addressing ways, this. It's as bad. You know, we lose tens of thousands of Americans to the flu every year. And I, I, in other words, we lost 
uh, in a year with, and you were around H1N1, in a year we lost 12,469 Amer- Americans only, and we had hundreds of thousands po- hospitalized. I'm glad if we're going to learn from this and, and save lives now and in the future, I'm all on board. And by the way, I want to pledge to you, if anything I could do for you in New York with my TV or radio show, you, are at my, you have it. It's at your disposal. Um, uh, by the way, I want to uh, tell uh, our, our affiliates across the Sean Hannity Show Network, we're staying with Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's with us. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we use these words in an anthem, the land of the free and the home of the brave. We are a country, and you know this, that we're the country that beat back the forces of fascism and Nazism and communism and imperial Japan. My dad fought in World War II. Uh, We have beaten back depressions. We have beaten other pandemics. And, you know, this is a moment where I believe this country is going to again save the world as I look at what these new chloroquine, plasma, uh, rem, uh, rem, remdesivir promises. I'm very hopeful. I put a lot of faith in our medical community. Oh, look, I believe nobody steps up the way we step up. You know, uh, we, uh, we can be uh, terrible around the kitchen table to ourselves. <laughs> by the way, who is throwing food? You're Chris. Cause I'm, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm still mad at your brother for leaving Fox News. I'm just saying, but go ahead. Yeah. No, Chris was throwing the food, but he, of course, he missed right. because he has no aim. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me he hit your poor mother. Oh, my gosh. With the food here. Oh, this is for Andrew. Whoops. Sorry, Mom. You know. No, look, um, we're, we can be tougher on the table. But somebody who walks through that front door, you better watch out, right? <laughs> exactly. Boy, we grew up in the same household. We did. That's right. Let, let me ask you specifically about New York. And as a side, one of my best friends just wrote me, please tell the governor to get rid of alternate side of the street parking. I have to go out every other day. And he's telling us to stay in, and now I have to go park my car. Um, the people outside of New York will not understand that. Um but what what specifically? This, I thought this was the bold move on your part. I think it's the right move. I think it's been a bold. I will give Gavin Newsom credit. I'm not a big fan of his politically, but I think he's done a, a good job. And he's also worked hand in hand with the president. It's not a time for politics. Um, I actually tweeted out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, ha- I said on this radio show on March 9th, because people are accusing me of not taking it seriously. I actually said this disease is not discriminate. It doesn't care what party you're in. This is all hands on deck. I said that, you know, very early on and often. And how do we now get along with each other for this part? We'll get back to the politics and, you know, arguing later. Yeah, no, look, uh, we just, nothing else is important. You know, that's how I feel, Sean. Nothing else is important. This is all important. And this is, uh, to go back to my metaphor, yeah, we sit around the table, we argue, we like to, we enjoy it. Uh, but somebody came through the front door. It happens to be a disease, but it's a disease that threatens our family. And Explain now we all what get is, up from the oh, table sorry. together. What is considered essential business for New York? Essential business are the functions that we need to run society, right? So uh, you need food, you need grocery stores, you need pharmacies, you need public transit because the nurse has to get to the hospital. And remember, this is all about bolstering the health care system. 
because it's all about managing the volume coming into the healthcare system. So uh, telecommunications, you're going to be home, you use work from home, okay, now I have data, I need more data, telecommunications, phone system, uh, ambulance, God forbid somebody gets sick. So it's the essential functions that society needs. Okay, so let me, let's talk about, like, going, we've, we've talked a lot about the testing centers, and the president's been talking about that every day. We've talked a lot about, okay, do we have enough respirators? Are we going to have all of the ventilators that we need? Um, then we've got to talk about, okay, worst case scenario, hospital overflow. Uh, and I've been asking, and I was told that there are preparations in the works, and maybe you've discussed this with the president. Uh, do we have medical triage capability, packing C-130s with all the necessary equipment, the, the medical tents, supplies, IVs, the gloves, the masks, the gowns, the medicines, the generators, the heaters, fuel, blankets, cots, food, water? Uh, do you feel we're moving quick enough on that front to prepare for a worst case? That is the scramble now. I don't as a state. It's uh, not what I do. The, it's not, I don't have a workforce, I don't have a military, right? Uh, that's the federal government. You have Sean Hannity, there's a military, you're, you're good. <laughs> military by mouth, military. I mean, Ouch. who, who Ouch. still get up and move and work and lift things. <laughs> that, that is the greatest like promo. Us. I'm going to make that a promo. Go ahead. <laughs> not guys like us, Sean. All we do is oh, man. sit around and talk and tell people what they should do nowadays. Mm. Uh but that that uh, that is a federal. That's where the federal government can really step up and help. Okay, I know they're doing it um, now. When you are dealing with the White House, let's talk about how it's working. Tell me how it's going. There's a telephone. He calls me. I call him. He takes yeah. the call. I take the call. That uh, little tit for tat was like over in four seconds, right? Yeah, but see the tit for tat. You know the tit for tat. Uh, it, it, it's the politics of the day, and it is what it is. Uh, and look, even you can say between uh, uh, you and myself, yeah, we can argue, but we come from the same place, and we believe in the same things, and we had the same experiences growing up. The president uh, is from Queens, New York. I'm from Queens, New York. And it's not just a New York thing. We're all Americans. Yes, we can argue about tracking, but you know what? At the end of the day, uh, there are situations that uh, surmount tracking, right? And when it comes to one of those situations, we are in lockstep. And that's the way we are as Americans, right? And we always have been. We haven't it's had that situation true. that has brought us together uh, lately, but this one does. You see so much good coming out of Americans, the medical community, our corporations, our pharmaceuticals, our box stores, as I've been saying. Um, let, let me ask you specifically, so much has been made over the travel ban, and the president got the crap beat out of him over that. To me, it was the single best decision that the country could have had made at that time. It was 10 days after the first diagnosed case in the States. Um, right call from your perspective? Look, I think you'll see more travel ban, health-related travel bans as we go forward. When you say rewriting the book, uh, I think that's going to be one of the lessons we learned. We saw the disease progressing in China. Uh, mm -hmm. You know now somebody's going to get on a plane and, and land at, uh, in New York or in California. It's just a matter of time. 
what the travel bans can do for you from a disease prevention point of view is it buys you time. You can't stop it, but it buys you time. And we understand now how important time is because you need to prepare. And you need to prepare differently. Every, every pitch is different, you know. Uh, I used to be in the federal government. I've done uh, emergency floods, hurricanes, disasters, Superstorm Sandy. Each one's a little different. This one, we need ventilators. Whoever heard of a, an emergency that could require uh, hundreds of thousands of ventilators, right? But they're, they're so, being made. Thank yeah. God. I mean, everybody identified it. Now, it's, do you have to go or do you want to stay? It's up to you. I can, but you have to decide now. I'll stay. Where am I going to go? Okay. Uh, I'm for stations. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, in other words, I, I want to have this discussion. I, know, I, I want know. it to be positive. Um, uh, for stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network, we're going to stay with the governor. Andrew Cuomo is with us, governor of the great state of New York. And uh, they now have 40% of all cases in the United States. Um, so we will not be taking our usual break at this time. Let me ask you specifically, I love our police department. I love all our, I love our police officers. We know what our police officers can do. And if we forget, think back to 9-11 and our first responders and our firemen and, and EMT guys. We now have 35 NYPD officers infected by this. Do you, do you, what specifically do we do for those that are essential workers, as you identified today, that they themselves are getting sick? And I, I would also add to that the first responders and the hospitals and the medical teams out there that are in the front lines of this. You want to talk about America and bravery. You're right on the corporate side. But you know where I see it every day? I see the nurses at the drive through testing centers who walk up to a car they open the window and they swab the inside, the throat of a person who believes they have the virus. The police officer who's walking into apartments every day, Sean, doesn't know what they're walking into. And on top of it, you put this virus situation and they show up for work. Uh, no one's calling in saying, you know, I can't. I'm sorry. I mean, that's brave. And uh, I put out an order two days ago. Every police officer should have a mask. I mean, that's the minimum we can do for them. Uh, and uh, anyone who gets sick because of this, uh, like post 9-11, I'm going to advocate for uh, total benefits and support. It seems like if we can rebuild Europe and save the world from all these evils that I mentioned earlier... Um, I can tell you that I have many friends. I don't know if you know about my mom was a prison guard, Nassau County Jail, worked double shifts for 25 years. My dad was a probation officer, Queens, New York, interestingly, and, and worked as a waiter on the weekends. And all of my friends that work in restaurants right now, they're all dying. I mean, they're all scared. They're worried about whether or not they can pay their rent, their mortgage, their car payment, tell their kids whether they have to pull them out of college or not. And one thing that the president had said, and, and I want this to be bipartisan, is that we're going to get help to them within two weeks. Money's going to start flowing, identifying those businesses that are directly impacted by this. That would include the restaurant business. That would include big cruise line industries and the airline industry is just decimated over this. I don't think it's a matter of the money as much as I just want to make sure that every dime washington spends are going to our fellow americans that need it the right people the small businesses also 
You're exactly right. And look, uh, I understand the corporate support, and that's important for the economy. But the the human toll here, Sean, is unbelievable. I mean, just imagine families like so many in, in this state and so many others. You're just about making it. You're breaking your rear end to make it. And then you're just laid off. And the bills keep coming. You know, it doesn't stop the bills. Uh, I said here in New York, we're going to do uh, three months of uh, no mortgage foreclosures, and we'll do mandatory mortgage restructuring where the payments will get added to the end of the mortgage. I said no commercial or residential evictions for three months uh, because this is just devastating to so many families. So the federal legislation putting some money, some money in their pockets so they can buy food and they can get by, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I want to go back to what we were discussing earlier in terms of uh, nobody saw this in this way. When did you first begin to think, because uh, I actually said something on January 28th, because I everybody I know is in medicine that doesn't work at restaurants, and I got wind that asymptomatic people, and this is January 28th, I put it up on my website when I said it, are now walking around, they have no idea they have it, and it's also airborne. We learned very early. And then the next, I had Dr. Fauci on February 10th, and I was talking to him about asymptomatic. Is that different than, say, the flu or these other pandemics? And at what point did you realize this is a little different? Uh, Look, I think as soon as, for me, a bell went off, uh, as soon as we had a case here related to China, right? Because you Mm -hmm. knew what it did in China. Uh, we we understood that we saw the how uh, it communicated. We saw the lethality rate. So as soon as we knew we had a case here like China, I mean, unless you believed that there was some uh, immune system differential between uh, Asians and Americans, I knew we were in for what China was in for. Did you see this top British study that came out just this week? Uh, it came from a, a top British university. Ninety-five percent of all these coronavirus cases could have been prevented if China didn't engage in this cover-up. If China would have just reached out to the world community. I asked Mike Pompeo on TV this week. I said, "If you had gotten a call early on from the the Chinese government, your counterpart, and they were asking for medical assistance, what would you have said?" He said, uh, "We're offering Iran help now because it's a matter of the safety and security of people around the world." I think one of the reasons things got so out of control in Italy is a lot of the textile industry goes back and forth. They had direct flights from Wuhan province straight into Italy, and that's where, obviously, the virus came from. Yeah, look, there's no doubt. China sneezes, we catch a cold, right? The world got very small, uh, and that's that's in our lifetime, really. Uh, and uh, if China had asked for help, it's in our best interest. It wouldn't have been gratuitous because self-interest, it's going to come here. The only question is when, and better we fix it and solve it there. Let me ask you this, and then I'm going to let you go. I know you got a lot of work to do. Um, all of these people around the country, what is your advice to people? What do they need to do? I'm trying to urge people. And you're always going to have people that are never going to listen. Okay, we can't stop that. I guess you can legally, but you really can't. But your advice to people um, in terms of where you think this is going, how well you believe this 15-day task force recommendation 
social distancing and, and all this other stuff that we'd never heard of before. Um, where do you think we're going to end up with this? What you're hearing, what you're reading, what I'm reading, what I'm hearing is we're going to have, with the new testing, we're going to have dramatic increases in instances reported. And then hopefully four or five weeks, we'll see a leveling off and then hopefully a precipitous decline. I put a lot of hope in this uh, chloroquine and erythromycin, um, and the tests are showing it, and this convalescent plasma. Um, and I put a lot of hope in our medical community. And I think the fact that the FDA rules were lifted are going are to hopefully play a big role in stopping this and getting us back to a normal life. Yeah, I think... I'm an optimist. Uh, I think I'm hopeful about the drugs, uh, and that's why uh, we'll try it here in New York as soon as we get it. Uh, I cannot stress how, how this virus communicates. They estimate four or five times as uh, communicable as the flu. The virus may live on a surface for two or three days, okay, uh, and the airborne nature of it. You look at the way it's moving through New York, uh, especially in New York City, it's the density. Uh, that distancing is real. Fancy word, social distancing. Stay out of a sneeze range, cough range. Be careful where you put down your hand. Two days before a person could have touched that area and then you pick up that virus. That's why it's so contagious. Yes, at the end of the day, it will be the people who die will be predominantly people who may have died from a very bad flu. Because remember in the old days, everybody died of pneumonia. What did he die of? He died of pneumonia, but he had a heart attack. He died of pneumonia, but he had lung cancer. This is pneumonia. And uh, the elderly, the compromised immune system, this will kill a large number, larger than the normal flu, a multiple, four, five, six times the multiple would be my guess. Uh, and I would tell people, take it seriously. You know, it's easy to be complacent when it's not in your community. This will be in your community. And it is that bad. And yeah. take the precautions and take them early. Sean, thank I, you for having me. Governor, appreciate your time. By the way, you got to promise me, when this is all done, can you come on and we can argue about taxes? My taxes are too high. I'm kidding. Uh, you've, been, you've been doing I a great cut job. Your taxes. You just, I cut your taxes. <laughs> I you, cut taxes I'm paying a fortune. Year. You're killing me. Listen you are me, killing Sean. me. No, listen, listen I just... There's a fact that you can't yeah. live with because you can't justify it. <laughs> your taxes I'm a fortune. are lower today oh. than the day I took office. Here's what Deal I will pledge to you, it. though. Deal it, with it. Here, here, here's what I'll pledge to you. When this is all over, I will, I will promise you we can argue about all those things. But in the meantime, anything I can do for you or the, our state, you count me in. If Thank you need you. money, call me. I'll give you money. Thank you, Thank you Sean. Thank you very right. much. God bless. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, it, look, I know a lot of you say, oh, Hannity, what are you doing? No, this is, let's get everybody well first. Then we can start fighting later. And by the way, Linda, what date did I say? How long ago have I been saying that? February, March? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Sean, we just pulled a few, but you've been saying it so much that I just pulled a few. I'm sure every day I could no, listen I and pull something. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I do believe that. You know, I do, however, a have a new nickname for you. Oh, what is it? And the I'd top, like to thank Governor Cuomo for this. 
<laughs> Mil- <laughs> military funny. mouth. I mean, that was literally the <laughs> highlight of the whole interview for me. No, I'm just no, kidding. That but was seriously, good. I, it was listen, great. I'm, I'll take it. I I admit I have a big fat mouth, and that's how I make my living. Big fat military mouth. You know, again, and I also there's got to be some perspective. We lose tens of thousands with the flu. We lost estimates as high as 575,000 people with the last pandemic, the H1N1, that pandemic. Let me tell you, Ebola was a real scare. I love the fact that it's all hands on deck with everything in terms of, you know, our FDA, you know, all these decisions that we made. And, you know, I mean, there's the first Democrat that I ever heard say, yeah, the travel ban bought us a ton of time. Uh, That is, you know what? Honesty. And so anybody that is, you know, and then you listen, I I have the list of Joe Biden politicizing it, including his fundraisers and these super PACs and all this other crap. It's just baloney. Uh, Our medical team is here, Dr. Mark Siegel and Dr. Josh Umber, uh, Atlas MD, Wichita, Kansas, uh, and Dr. Siegel, part of our medical aid team, NYU. How are you, sir? Well, Sean, I'm sorry for the delay, but I was washing my hands, and I heard that governor. I got so nervous. I was washing my hands, and I made sure to wash my fingertips because this virus, I'll tell you a secret about it, it has a lipophilic coat, which means soap kills it. Soap actually kills it. So let's go for that soap. Okay. I'm looking at, two days ago, or before two days ago, if you would have asked me what chloroquine is, I would have said, huh? I had no idea. Now I've been reading, and this congressman came out with this study, which is amazing. He said, look, there's studies now, three international studies, China, Australia, France. And they all find chloroquine with azithromycin is dramatically effective in treating corona. What are you finding? It's actually hydroxychloroquine, which is a cousin of chloroquine, which is also known as plaquenil. It's used as a, a, as a malaria drug, but it also is used to treat arthritis. And I think the anecdotal evidence and the study, the small studies that have been done, were go- are good, very, show very effectiveness. But I like the interaction between Tony Fauci and the president today. I really like that because Tony said, "Look, this isn't scientifically proven. We don't have a double-blinded study." And as a scientist, I'm not going to call this proof. The president said, "I have a good feeling about it," and you know, he's a man of a big heart. He has a good feeling about it. And Fauci said. You know, he defended him. He said, feelings matter. In other words, having a good feeling about something matters. So we don't have the proof, but it looks good in the evidence we've seen. And, you know, it's, it's very well tolerated. People travel with it when they, when they go to malaria zones. So I, I, I have a positive feeling about it, too. But I agree with Fauci that we have to also take into account we don't have big science on it yet. We don't have big science or, or Dr. Umber, or what we call convalescent plasma, um, that is showing a tremendous progress, which, by the way, I mean, apparently we'd used it a lot in the past, but then we got away from it somewhat, which is that those that had corona and they recover fully and their plasma has built up um, antibodies and you extract it and you put it into an IV for somebody that has corona that's not doing well. And the early studies are showing that it's very effective. Who's chewing? What are you chewing? Uh, Dr. Umber, go ahead. No, not, not me. Thanks. No, uh, thanks for having me on and uh, for bringing some, some perspective to the issue. Uh, I think the, the goal is, yes, uh, we want sound science, but at the same time, we have and It's analogous to a wartime effort where this is all hands on deck, and let's be using the best information we have as it's evolving. And, you know, it's exciting to think, could probably pull some of this back if these medicines work. 
um, because right now I think the, the current treatment is worse than the disease. And well, let me, let me, you're, we got to get a new line for Dr. Umber, but Dr. Siegel, why is it that early on everything showed, oh, this, we had to, we had to protect ourselves so we would protect the vulnerable, meaning those with pre-existing conditions, those with compromised immune systems. And now only in the last, I, I first took note of this last week, I, a British doctor said, hey, no, this is impacting younger people. And now the CDC numbers came out, I saw this week, and I'm like, What? 20% of hospitalizations are kids 21 to 4, uh, young people 21 to 44. Yeah, I have a theory on that. And, and by the way, to, to the other, quickly on the other point, well, we you, have several... you, well, you agree with me, though, that that was early yeah, on. It's a we... change. It's a change. And let me tell you why I think it's a, what's happening. I think a lot of younger people in the United States are not taking proper precautions. And so because of that, they're not the ones that are doing the social distancing and the washing of the hands. And the, by the way, to the governor's point, let's disinfect surfaces. I mean, instead of worrying about what's on that surface, let's disinfect it with Clorox wipes. We're doing all of that. And so that's why the curve is changing, because younger people are not taking precautions. If there's more and more and more young cases, you're going to see the hospitalizations inevitably, even though it still remains, Sean, that the people most at risk are the elderly and people with chronic conditions. A risk when we talk about risk. And again, I still think in ter- people have to have some perspective here. For a lot of people, and uh, look, uh, numbers mean something, and I'm going through the numbers every day. The current numbers are we've had 267,920 coronavirus cases worldwide. Now, as again, I want to go back to another pandemic, H1N1. You're an expert on H1N1. What was it? 60.8 million Americans got H1N1, correct? Yeah, and you know what's interesting about H1N1 that we didn't get to say on your television show because you're such a master on both mediums, that's shorter form. Let me tell you, it's one of those situations where 60 million people were infected, but in the end, it wasn't as deadly as we expected it was. It was right. milder, and that's a lesson for now. We don't know what's going to happen here. Well, here's we don't what know. we do know. If you do the math, and we've had 11,187 deaths worldwide. Uh, we're up to 212 in the United States. Uh, we now have fully recovered fully one third of those. And we expect the vast majority are going to be fine, meaning 98, 99 percent of people. Correct. That even get it. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. It, it, yes. It's, it's more contagious than the flu. People, when they recover, the vast majority recover. The people we're concerned about are the ones that end up on ventilators because with, with the pneumonia, that's a problem. But that's a sm- smaller percentage. You're right. For most people, this is mild. And I actually think that there's people, many thousands out there that could have a mild case that we don't even know about. Well, that's what more testing is going to dramatically increase the numbers. Clearly. And but also we're going to see a simultaneous decline in, quote, the mortality rate of this. Again, uh, Dr. Umber, 267,920 cases identified worldwide, um, 11,187 deaths. Uh, We have in the United States a little over 7,000 now identified cases. We expect those numbers are going to go up dramatically. There's more testing. How long do you see before we see what South Korea has seen and Japan has seen and China has seen where it levels off and then, boom, it drops? No more ca- well, new cases. We're, we're hoping soon because, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that right now the treatment is worse than the disease. When you consider, in Kansas at least, unemployment just shot up 600%, 11,000 um, filings for uh, assistance this week alone. And we only have, uh, as of 
today 35 cases in one death in the state. Um, so, you know, put it in context that this is, is a manageable thing. The, the scientific community, the medical community, they're doing amazing work by getting on top of this quickly. Um, the government's at least helping by getting out of the way for certain things, but then at the same time, I think they're complicating it by getting in the way of, of other things, and, and now people's panic. I've had to talk to at least two patients down from large anxiety attacks, one that was suicidal because the fear of uh, a system-wide shutdown is worse than the fear of the disease. Uh, when you consider in, in perspective that 80 people have died on average from the flu every day for the last five months, and and we're, we haven't seen numbers like that. Um, and why is this so different? Why is the world changed so dramatically when we know these numbers are real in terms of 500 and whatever thousand uh, worldwide people die in the last pandemic? Tens of thousands right. die from the flu. What is different here? Uh, I think we've politicized it to some degree. But I also think like with the swine flu, we called it the swine flu to start with before renaming it H1N1. And so I think people just naturally took that as, okay, this is a new flu, a worse flu, but I understand the flu. If we would have called it the corona flu, I think we would have been able to keep this in perspective. Uh, SARS had a corona component to it. It did, yeah. We know the family of coronaviruses. This is a, a new piece to it, but it's not doing anything that we don't expect viruses to do. It's it's not suddenly changing into a brand new thing. It's it's not causing, uh, you know, tumors or seizures or or something just radical for a respiratory virus. And every year we handle a, a very serious respiratory virus for five months out of the year that changes uh, in type every year, and, and we adapt to that. We live our lives. We, we, you know, probably don't practice the best infectious disease precautions when people, you know, are having symptoms and still travel to, you know, for holidays and whatnot. So I think we'll learn better how to, to focus on that. But I do feel like we've swung so far. You know, I, I, personally, professionally, the argument, well, we can never do, we'll never know if we did too much. And, and sure, perfection's the head of a needle, not doing too much or too little. But uh, doing too little, sure, is, is wrong. But wrecking the economy, uh, one of my patients is a small business owner and had to let go all 17 employees. So mm-hmm. 17 people lost their jobs, and, and we've only had one death in the state of Kansas three hours run, away. But how quickly do you, do you believe it'll be a leveling off? Because I know the numbers will be scary for the next few weeks, Dr. Ski, Dr. Siegel. I think it's. I think if we use China as a model, which is hard to do, but we don't know. Even, oh, South but, Korea, use them. Yeah, South Korea. Yeah. If we can do what they did, we're going to start to see it level off in a couple of weeks. I really do think we could see yeah. it in mid-April, le- leveling off if we really, really become vigilant and get and teach our children. By the way, that we're courageous. That this is America. One last thing, Sean. We don't lose wars here. We win them. So we we're going to beat this virus. People need to remember that. All right. Thank you both. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Uh, when we come back to we're going to look at this from a perspective of, okay, what, so much more to, to examine as it relates to, okay, how are people viewing the response? Well, early numbers show very favorably, and I think it's obvious if you just watch these press conferences, you can see uh, it's all hands on deck, and, and as it should be, as it evolved, as the governor said and as our doctor said. We'll continue. Coming up. 
up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. Is it possible that your impulse to put a positive spin on things may be giving Americans a false sense of hope? No, I don't think so. I don't preparedness think so. right now. No, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think it's got you know, the not yet approved drug. I mean, such a lovely question. Um, look, it may work and it may not work. And I agree with the doctor what he said. May work, may not work. I feel good about it. That's all it is, just a feeling. I, you know, I'm a smart guy. I feel good about it. And we're going to see. You're going to see soon enough. Uh, I have a feeling you may, and, and I'm not being overly optimistic or pes- pessimistic. I sure as hell think we ought to give it a try. I mean, there's been some interesting things happened and some good, very good things. Uh, let's see what happens. We have nothing to lose. You know the expression? What the hell do you have to lose? Okay. So what do you say to Americans? John, go ahead. What do you say the Americans were scared though? I guess nearly 200 dead, 14,000 who were sick, millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Just, just so you know, just for the probably hundredth time, I, this administration, inherited an obsolete broken old system that wasn't meant for this we discarded that system and we now have a new system that can do millions of people as you need them but we had to get rid of a broken old system that didn't work it worked only on a very limited basis and we're very proud of what we've done it's incredible what we've done and this system will now serve for the future, for future problems. Hopefully you don't have a problem like this, but something will come up. We have now a great system, and it's almost fully in gear, but it's able to test millions of people. But we inherited a broken, old, uh, frankly, a terrible system. We fixed it, and we've done a great job. And we haven't been given the credit that we deserve, that I can tell you. But. The one that really deserves the credit are the American people, because they are doing things that nobody thought they would do. What they're doing is incredible. All right. There is just a sampling of the media mob. You know, it's it is. It's just unbelievable. They know one speed and it's bludgeon Trump. You know, I mean, Linda, we have posted on Hannity dot com, for example, uh, what we have been saying about, yeah, this is scary, this virus, since January 28th. And we've been say, have we been talking about those weaponizing a virus and bludgeoning the president and trying to turn it into, quote, their hoax? Yes, we've been very specific. And it's very unfortunate that we have and to I, do and that. I, and we had Dr. Fauci on February 10th. I said on January 28th, uh-oh, asymptomatic people are spreading this thing, and apparently it is going wide and fast quickly uh, because we just noticed the data. That was even before the travel ban. So we put it all up there, and then all these media outlets, um, when you even give them the information, they'll say, Hannity said it's a hoax. No, I said people are trying to bludgeon the president with it. For them, it's their new, oh, the new one. And it is uh, It is just it's shameful. It's shameful and, and it's sad because if they took as much effort into just reporting what was happening, doing the facts, not fear methodology that we've been talking about here, we would have so many more people armed with information instead of panic. Listen, and it's really very sad. Yesterday was the biggest. Well, we've had a couple of big de- days here. 
One is the president. We First case of corona identified in the states January 21st, 10 days later, the travel ban. And then the quarantine, then expanding the travel ban. Democrats were impeaching the president. You want to play politics? I'll go there. We could do that, too. Then, of course, the president bringing in all these people from private industry and then announcing they were doing it behind closed doors outside of the purview of the media and the American people because they, they had to pull it together. And then we have drive up testing. Now they're getting those set, sites as quickly as possible set up. And many of them have now been set up. Not enough yet. Yes, but that's going to take time. But they're getting it done. Then yesterday we have the announcement about the chloroquine. I won't go through the scientific studies again. And um, Rendisavir and convalescent plasma, blood plasma, and all of this stuff is happening all at once and trying to keep supplies open. And the president talking with the grocery chains this weekend. You know what? And and watching, like, the car companies. We'll make ventilators. What do you need? Then you see all these other industries. Yeah, you can use our stuff. We'll get it together. We'll do whatever you want. I mean, it's been, you've seen the best of people, but not the mob. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about it. I just had to post it on Hannity.com. I'm not wasting my precious showtime talking about their stupidity. So, Sean, just for our listeners really quickly before we get to our awesome panel of guests, you can find it on Sean's Twitter. It's pinned to the top. It gives you a timeline of when we talked about it, what we said, and the experts we spoke to. It has cars. It's not about me. Listen, No, 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 but let me just tell them. It's there. So look for yourself. Don't listen to the mainstream media. We'll deal with this when this crisis is over. Let's put it that way. Dr. Fauci, for example, coronavirus vaccine trial has begun. That's great news. You have a lot of other uh, positive updates that, you know, we're getting. And this chloroquine study is is massive. You had this guy, Regano, that was on with Laura the other night reporting that uh, chloroquine is successful in fighting the virus. My advice is if you think you or somebody you know has it or might be at risk of it, you know, try and get chloroquine which was an anti-malaria drug. I would urge everyone that thinks they need it to go get it. That's my advice. Anything I know, I'm going to share with you. Then you get the worst of people, these in, these these idiotic senators, now four of them selling their stocks uh, as they're getting information and not sharing it with us. Okay, we found out yesterday about chloroquine. I'm sharing it with you. And by the way, chloroquine with Zithromax is the perfect combination. That's what I see for myself. And I'm sharing it with you as we get it in real time. Didn't hear about it till yesterday. Uh, anyway, we're not really doing pollsters in the, in the traditional sense that we do pollsters. But we brought our pollsters in, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery, Scott Rasmussen. And, you know, high marks for the president in terms of Scott Rasmussen, I'll start with you and his handling of all of this. Um, and we have what we have other polls out there. New 55 percent of Americans approve the president's handling of it in spite of the media and some other polls. But, you know, it's I I think really the measure right now isn't about polling for for politics. It's about are we getting the job done? Do the American people feel in your polls that the job is getting done? Well, we did a poll for One American News. Eighty-nine percent of American voters said that they approved of the China travel ban. Eighty-four percent approved of the European travel ban. And and you know, we never get eighty percent plus agreeing on whether it's raining outside or not. So those are phenomenal numbers. Um, the ABC poll that came out today is showing that fifty-five percent of the way, approval of the way the president is handling this job. Uh, what we see right now, bluntly, is they they recognize this is a novel situation. Um, I tend to think of what Franklin Roosevelt talked about during the Depression. What the country is demanding is experimentation, bold, persistent experimentation. And if something works, great. If it doesn't, we'll try something else. And, you know, ultimately, this is about getting results. 
it's not about uh, it, it, we're not going to be talking about the the uh, different demographic groups and who they're going to vote for right now. It's about how people are responding to this concern. And look, nine out of ten Americans are following the story closely. Eight out of ten have concern, but most of them aren't panicked about it at this point in time. All of the data shows people are are getting the message and beginning to respond. Uh, your take, Matt Towery. Well, let me start by saying this. Um, go back and listen to the tapes, Sean. You were you were talking about this before most people were. I remember one day saying to you that we were talking about impeachment, and in fact, this virus could actually overwhelm the impeachment proceedings. They would be fiddling while Rome burns. So I, I think all that's nonsense. We, we were on it. Everyone was on it early. Uh, the second thing I want to note is is that the president is truly now becoming a wartime president. I don't. I, that is not just a cliché. And the fact that the ABC News poll uh, begins to uh, follow and echo what Scott has told tells us that the American people are putting aside politics for the time being to say the president's doing a good job. By the way, the media doesn't. I looked at that ABC poll. Their headline is not that the president has 55 percent approval rating of his handling. No, it's that four, one, uh, excuse me, three and four Americans feel like it's affecting them personally. So that's their headline. They bury the approval rating for the president down below. I think the president's doing everything he can. He literally has reinvented the wheel in a matter of a few weeks. Yes, is there more that can be done? It will be done. I feel like the president's doing it incrementally. We talked about that last time. But I think overall, this president is, in the end, you're going to find that he'll be a stronger president in the eyes of more Americans when this thing is finally through and we get to the light at the end of the tunnel. John McLaughlin. I I got a... amplify what what Scott said, because the amazing part about here is you have the vast majority of public opinion in his published polls where they're saying they're in favor of the travel bans. And we're not talking small numbers. We're talking like four or five Americans. And, you know, since then, since Scott took his poll, all this week has been action where we know they're strongly in favor of the free testing and requiring the screening and the shutting down the borders and everything he's doing. That's why this ABC News poll, which I normally hate because it's adults, it's not a, it's 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 a small sample. It's like five hundred. And last month they had us a minus eleven, forty three approved. There was a response to the coronavirus, fifty four disapproved. Now it's a plus twelve, fifty five, forty three. It's a plus twenty three. For them to show that kind of motion, you've got a three prong dimension going on here where. Overwhelmingly, Americans support this president's policies. They now support his coronavirus, uh, what he's doing on a day-to-day basis. And the, they took that poll in the last two days when he announced that they're going to mail checks to people that make under $100,000, $1,200 per person, $500 per child, to get the economy going because they're more afraid of what the economic impact is right now for more Americans than the uh, uh, than the short-term of thinking that they might get the disease. So that kind of movement in public opinion, then as his policies succeed, which he has public opinion, the army of public opinion in the United States on his favor, that kind of public opinion moves to his job on coronavirus, then it'll move to his overall job approval, and then America will be stronger, better for it, because it has transformed this president the way 9-11 transformed W as a wartime president. It, it, listen, and it's one of these things, well, um you know, I talked off the record of some reporter. And I was mentioning, well, OK, well, you are talking about uh, people in the media. And I said, let me ask you this. Is Trump virus, if you're feeling awful, is that appropriate to you? 
Is it appropriate when the president says, hey, uh, when he's on a call with governors, hey, if you guys think you can get it faster, get it and uh, we'll have your back. Uh, New York Times, you're on your own. That's how they characterize. I mean, I watched this coverage and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I mean, it is so obnoxious because, again, weaponizing a virus that is not going to discriminate Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, they'll impact anybody, Scott Rasmussen. Oh, absolutely. And again, I think it's important to recognize when we talk about the concern, people throughout the country, Republicans, Democrats, young, old, are paying attention to this and they are concerned. Uh, by and large, they give most of the political actors, not just the president, but, but people throughout the economy, uh, governors and also private businesses, good marks. The one exception to that is the media. Um, in our One American News poll, half of the voters found, said that the media has overhyped the problem and created a panic. Um, and, and by the way, they've been, they've been even worse than that. But stay right there. Our pollster's with us, uh, 800-941-SEAN. All right, as we continue with our pollsters, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery, and Scott Rasmussen, uh, guys, thank you for staying with us. Um, and, John, moving forward, I think that the most important thing for people to understand is that this country has been through a lot. We've been through a depression. My parents grew up in a depression. My grandparents had no money. Um, both my parents grew up poor. We've been through my father fought in World War II. We beat back fascism, Nazism, Imperial Japan, communism, radical Islam, 9-11, you name it. We've, we've, we've taken the hits. But America also has had pandemics. And my guess is we're going to lead the way out of this like we always do. Absolutely. And you and I both know the president personally. And we've known him for years. And the president... What, what people don't know about him or what they forget is everybody knows he wrote Art of the Deal and he's a successful, uh, uh, you know, he's a successful billionaire that developed the empire. But he almost went broke and he was go he was in bankruptcy and he was a billion dollar in debt. And his, his most important book was the one, The Art of the Comeback, where he said he'd lost focus. And then when he was focused, he brought it all back and was bigger and stronger. And you can see that personal determination and quality in him right now where he's bringing America back and he's getting things done. I don't think anyone else would get done. And whether it's working for the vaccine or working for the uh, treatments or, and doing the things to shut this country down, to protect it while keeping the economy going. I think only he's capable yeah. of doing that right now. We have 25 seconds each, Matt Towery and then Scott. Well, I think the president, if you, I want to talk about what he's done in the finance uh, world and the economy very quickly. This president has moved with lightning speed, along with the Fed, to do things behind the scenes. We haven't even, most people don't even understand. We've still got to shore up the credit markets. That's the next problem we're going to have. But we're going to see in the end we'll be economically stronger down the road because of what Donald Trump did in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Scott, last word today. Well, look, the, the the fact that we're in a place where the president is getting such good reviews despite the media coverage speaks volumes. I think the thing to keep in mind for everybody, and a lot of Republicans tend to be overconfident uh, about the situation, the thing to keep in mind is that this is an ongoing situation. So what the president did today or last week is, got, is good getting us to this point. Got to keep doing it, and that's where you're going to see a lot of a lot of ongoing discussion, a lot of changes, because this situation uh, is not a one-time thing. Uh, Republicans right now tend to believe the economy will bounce back quickly. Democrats don't, but the reality is people are uncertain and they're scared, and they want to see ongoing action. Yeah, well said, all of you. Appreciate it. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? All right, these uh, Navy ships, that hospital ships that are one on each coast. 
Uh, we're going to check in with a former CIA station chief who was once a mission manager for the Navy ship Mercy out of uh, Alameda, California. We'll check in with him, and we're going to get your calls in next half hour. We have an amazing lineup, Hannity, tonight, 9 Eastern. Quick break, right back. We'll continue. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. Um, for those of you that didn't hear, don't know, there are two U.S. Navy hospital ships. One is now going to the east coast of New York, out, uh, outside of New York in the east coast, and on the west coast in California. And uh, they're amazing facilities, and I think if, if things got dramatically worse than what we anticipate at some point, uh, knowing we're going to bail out the cruise lines, it might be worthy of consideration to start preparing perhaps one or two or three or four of those ships. They're massive. I'm not the bi- I don't really love those cruise ships. I'm not a big cruiser person. I, I, I like wide open spaces, as the song goes. Um, but they really do incredible work, and the Navy's floating hospital, the USNS Comfort, sent to New York after 9-11, now, it's going to lend a hand once again, this time again outside of New York. It has a 1,000 beds, 12 fully equipped operating rooms, uh, and up to 1,200 doctors, nurses, and medical specialists. And, you know, they've convert, converted the super tanker. It's emblazoned with a giant red cross, uh, and it is now undergoing maintenance in its home in Norfolk and is expected to treat, you know, patients if there is, in fact, some overcrowding in hospitals. Anyway, Scott Eulinger with us. He's a guest on this program, former CIA stations chief, uh, but he sailed six years in the Merchant Marines and was the mission manager for the USNS Mercy out of Al- Alameda, California. Very familiar with these ships. Uh, Scott, I just wanted to get a little insight. I mean, these sound remarkable to me. They really, they really are, and actually, it's the foresight of the Reagan administration that these ships exist because these were built during the Reagan years as part of the 600-ship Navy as we were responding to the Soviet Union. Yeah, and, and they so really are a us, Yeah, tell us what's inside, what it, and and how important can that play a role if there's overcrowding in hospitals? Right. Well, you know, these ships are hospital ships. They're manned by civilian mariners, although they'll have Navy, um, they'll have Navy doctors and nurses aboard. And both ships are not, um, we'd say, active duty. They're kept on a reduced operational status in case of a crisis like this one. So they have skeleton crews only to do essential maintenance, and they sit around waiting for a crisis. And they have responded to a lot of crises in the past. They were sent, uh, the Mercy was sent to the Philippines to deal with um, some disasters there, and the Comfort has been to Africa several times, and you talked about 9-11. So these ships have really proven their worth and, and the foresight of the Reagan administration, you know, more than 25 years ago. No, it's, it's actually amazing, and I guess it was a great honor for you to be able to serve on something like that. Um, you know, one of the things you see, the, the best of times, worst of times, you see industry now, this public-private partnership. I mean, every big company. Uh, that's why when people demonize Walmart and the pharmaceutical industry, broad-sweeping generalizations, yeah, I think we can can say, hey, thanks, guys. The auto industry, you know what? Hey, GM, Ford, all these guys, they're going to they're gonna make ventilators for if, if we need us. And the guys like that's you, right. Scott, are amazing also. I want to say thank you for all you do. Thank you. The um What's interesting is that Max Boots, you know, our favorite uh, miscreant uh, defector from the Republican Party, has been really critical of this administration because of the supposed um, lack of readiness of the hospital ships. 
Okay. Another example. That's another example of the Democrats using um, a crisis to, you know, further their aims. And in fact, what we what you really saw was a lot of naval vessels, as well as a lot of Air Force aircraft, have seen shortfalls in maintenance. But it was really due to the pre to, to the previous administrations of both Bush and. Um, and Obama, because of the emphasis on the wars in Afghanistan, a lot of essential maintenance for the military was deferred. So these ships are not exactly ready, but they're working as fast as possible. And it'll probably be in New York City if requested in probably about two weeks. All right. Thanks for the update. Scott Ullinger, 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right. Let's get to um, a lot of calls here. Mike in Tennessee, real quick calls. We'll speed through them at the speed of light. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, Sean. Um, just real quick. So I'm a truck driver, 22 years retired military. Just wanted to say in reference to the media, uh, my father worked for one of the major news networks for over 40 years, and he told me a long time ago the news is a business. But here's my biggest thing. I am absolutely furious with the media from this standpoint. They owe, uh, owe the American people a huge apology as far as I'm concerned. They are failing in their professional, ethical, and moral duties right now as Americans, first off. But second, if they're going to claim to be a journalist and be the guardians of our Constitution, then they need to be supporting the president with everything, doing nothing but getting facts out. Perfect example, yeah. Sean, real quick. Yeah, by the way, okay. I want to say two things. Number one, you're a trucker. I actually tweeted this out today yeah. because uh, we had a trucker call the show earlier in the week, and mm -hmm. he said, hey, they're closing down the truck stops. And I yeah. we can't even we can't even buy food. He's, and I said, well, what about drive up like McDonald's and stuff if they have an area to park? He said they're not leaving them open. I'm like, uh, hold on a second. I tweeted out today, you guys truckers are our lifeline. Everything we're going to eat True. is going to come from you. All our medicines are going to come through you. You're the lifeline to the economy and and first response. To be honest, so we got to keep the roads clear and the rest stops open, and uh, make sure that you guys are able to at least order ahead to whatever truck stop you usually use and, and have food waiting for you if you want to pick it up. Um, they, a lot of restaurants now are literally having drop-off service. You, walk, you, you drive up, you buy your food, you get out. Um, so that, that that's crucial. That is happening, Sean. That is actually happening. I can tell you that uh, I've uh, I talked to another trucker friend of mine today. Uh, Pennsylvania, which actually did close all the rest areas, they are saying they are going to open them back up again, thanks in, uh, in part uh, to, you know, factual reporting. Again, coming back and saying exactly what I was just talking about. People need to hear facts as to what's going on, not personal opinions, not personal bias right now. Because the reason why there is so much fear in this country is because of the lack of factual communication. And the key people, the way the founders set it up, as I'm understanding it, okay, that's what the reason why the First Amendment says freedom of the press. They were looking for the press to be the people to say, hey, this is what's going on, and then let the people decide. Okay? Yeah. Perfect well, listen, was, uh, I got, I got to get yeah. some other calls in here, but let me say, thanks for all you do, and I appreciate it. And, yeah, if I, I, I literally, <laughs> if it wasn't such an important time, I'd be unloading on the lies they're telling about me. But now they know the truth, and I'm putting them on notice, all of them because I'm not going to take this. I really am not. But I have to focus on what's important and prioritize here. It's not about me. It's about the country. Uh, Shay is in Georgia. Shay, how are you? Glad you called. Hope things well down there. 
I'm doing great, thanks. Um, hey, I, it's funny because I'm listening to this guy talk to you, and I'm, I know you don't promote panic. I know you're not that kind of guy. And um, I, I'm just calling you because I live in a small town in North Georgia, and we started out um, with a couple cases that they were pretty sure came from a really big church in our small town. And um, since then, it went from two to nine to 19 to now today, I think yesterday was 26, and now I think we have 40. Well, I went to town yesterday driving around, and I was floored, floored at the people that I see out eating at the restaurants, the gym, anytime, well, there's a gym here. It was packed. The two major coffee chains, their places were packed. These people are not taking it serious, and we are a we're an outbreak, little town, because we have two exits. All of our businesses are on two exits. And so, I mean, everybody goes to the same places. Well, my husband, yeah, he went to the steakhouse last night and got takeout because we love those people. But, you know, they, they told us, because they know us so well, that they had people on quarantine at home that had been exposed. And this Listen, is let, let, me, let me slow you down a little bit. Look, I, there there's never going to be... A fully cooperative group of people. We're a lot of people. But I will tell you the vast, overwhelming majority of Americans get it. You know, these these dopey kids down at spring break. They, no, I don't know, man. It's my only spring break. You know, come on. Woo. You know, look, I, you're going to have those people, but that's been put to rest. Um, do what you can do for yourself. One thing that I will say to anybody, and it's how I approach my own life, is that I don't panic I like when when everything starts to spin, I tend to go in. And by going in, I mean, I try to get still. I try to think through things strategically. And strategically, what the president and what his task force are recommending, are these are good plans in place. What they're discovering in terms of convalescent plasma, uh, chloroquine, uh, remdesivir, and other things are very, very promising. Very promising. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of news out there that's not good on the economy, especially. We are going to have a lot of work to do, and we've got to help all these businesses that are now suffering, and we will. You know, we rebuilt Europe. We're gonna we're gonna help every American. The one good thing of news I can say is, okay, Congress is now doing the right thing, and and Congress now is is they're going from one bill to the next bill to the next bill, and nobody saw this coming. Everyone's adapting. This is new, and. You know, that's why I'm not spending a lot of time on this program to settle scores, which I really would like to. But it's not my it's not about me. It's about let's get the information, to the American people. Let's get this behind us. Let's learn the lessons we can learn. New paradigms of change. Travel bans will be the norm. Drive up testing will be the norm. Uh, medical face timing with your doctor will be the norm. Uh, public private partnerships will be the norm. This is now all being created as we go on the fly. And but that shows how great this country is watching co- big companies step up the way they're stepping up. It's inspiring to me. Well, you know, the automakers, the grocery chains, the, you know, all these, you know, lab quest, lab core, Walmart, CVS, pharmacy, they're all coming together. And we are now creating a better America as a result of it. Now, for you, you can't control everybody else in life. I can't control the media lying. Okay, I accept it as part of my life. But the reality is, do everything you can do to protect your family. Pay attention. Uh, for me, I'm paying very close attention health-wise to chloroquine and Zithromax. 
as I get the information that I think is interesting and as grabs my attention, I'm passing it right on to you, uh, my audience, because I love my audience, and there's nothing that I won't hear that I won't share. Uh, these people that are involved in insiders, you know, that took inside information and started selling off their stocks, you know what? It disgusts me. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. But you know what? I don't even have that much time to criticize them today. So my advice is just we are, you know, these are not words. I've been saying this. The land of the free and the home of the brave. This is a moment where we're free and freedom will find the answers. We're brave. We're stoic. I All I have to do is look at the lives of my grandparents that came to this country with nothing. Both my parents that grew up dirt poor. My father poor, bed his His mother, my grandmother, died as complications from his childbirth. He was, he was shuffled from home to home to home most of his life. Then he fought in World War II. And it was a big deal to get a 50 by 100 lot to raise his kids. And we've gotten through depressions. We've gotten through world wars. We had to save the world from evil numerous times. We rebuilt Europe, fascism, Nazism, communism, you know, imperial Japan, now radical Islamism. We're the, we're the United States. The best medical people in the world, the best researchers, the best doctors, the best scientists. Um, the quick, the, the, the speed at which they are acting blows me away that they've been able to sequence this, what used to take years for a virus. We now have vaccine first trial testing going on now. It's amazing. So, um, look, I know things are frightening to people, but I'm just saying to, to this audience that that you have an ability to make good decisions for yourself. Make those decisions. For those Americans that really are going to need our help, we've got to make sure these people in Washington, we will hold them accountable because that money needs to go to workers. That money needs to go to small business. That money needs to go to industry. I'm a I'm a conservative. I don't believe in wasting money. Every dollar I want passed and going directly to people as expeditiously, meaning like in the next two weeks for sure, as possible. And and it's getting done. And there'll be a series of bills as we you know we're gonna we're gonna find holes in legislation that that doesn't cover everybody. But then we have the ability to fix that, cover up that hole, deal with this new problem. So and we're gonna have more medical advancement too. And I look forward to that. So I know it gets scary. Look, it's all new. We've never done a lot of this before. It's new to everybody. And I just think that if everybody just listens very closely to the fundamentals and the basics and you take care of your family and government will do their job because we're going to make sure they get this right for those that need our help, we'll spend the money and we'll recover eventually. It's going to take time, but we will do it. But let's give a lot of credit where credit is due. I see a lot of good out here. And I'm really proud of a lot of Americans and what they have done in all this. They've been amazing. They deserve credit. Um, anyway, anything I know on this program that I that I'm, I find interesting in any capacity, I'm going to pass on to you. That includes those that need help. Once we get the information, how you get the help, we're going to pass it on. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Full Hannity tonight, full coverage of the latest on the coronavirus. The advice of the president's task force is it being followed. The long-term economic impact. Uh, we'll check in with Larry Kudlow. China does not get off the hook here. It's despicable. We'll have the latest medically, and we will have the very latest in terms of medicine. And all you need to know, 9 Eastern Hannity Fox. We'll see you then. 
Have a great weekend. We will get through this. Tonight at 9, we'll see you then back here on Monday. Thank you.